me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live. Fuck it. And we are live, Metallicast live, uh, a few minutes late because of me. I want to put the blame on my guest, but it's all because of me. I was having tech issues. I'm not even using my uh, good mic because I, I guess that's what happens when you put it in storage for months and then you dig it out last minute and you're like, oh, let me set up here. And I, I, I tested it. It seems fine. But then when Richard joined... Everything went off the rail. So uh, I guess this is a good time to both put the blame on you and introduce you. If anything, I helped you identify your tech <laughs> issue, which you would not have known unless I joined. So that, that is very true. And, and you know what? Mm. Better you than my guest tomorrow night, James Hetfield. He will be joining us live on at Metallica's pod Facebook page. No, no, no. He, he's, I'm just, I'm just. One uh, day. One day. Just, uh, one day, one day, one day, one yeah. day. We're working up to that point. Maybe, maybe in year five, because believe it or not, December 2021 marks the four year anniversary of Metallicast. Now, I gotta oh, just, uh, I, I just gotta say this up front. Um, I never thought I'd be doing this for four years. Um, I recorded an episode by myself uh, just like as a whim, put it out into the world, thinking that it was probably going to be the only episode I would ever do. Nobody would ever listen. One day it would become just this embarrassing moment that my wife would find and show everybody like, oh, look at this cute thing my husband is doing. And then... Four years later, I'm still doing it. People are listening. Thank you for giving a shit. And uh, and and I've I've had a chance to have so many great people on over the last year, over the last four years, um, yourself included. Uh, we would thank have you, never we would have never met if not for this podcast, most likely. Um, that is true. Unless I, you know, randomly happened to go to Connecticut one day and. You know. <laughs> <laughs> or vice or I, versa if you came to melbourne yeah i go to melbourne and say i'm looking for the biggest saint anger fan who lives here <laughs> right this yeah. way kind sir hello mm. just a sign pointing to me um i'm gonna i'm gonna read out the uh description of your very first episode right so Metallicast 01, oh hit the lights, december 28 2017 we were so young you had no children i had no self-awareness i guess <laughs> and no san anger piece at that point did i no um all right here we go <laughs> when he starts to talk about metallica he never wants to stop again metallica superfan brandon launches metallicast the metallica podcast here brandon shared the story of how he discovered the band uh for the first of you know, several dozen times, how they changed his life every episode and why he's a super fan that he is today. Plus stay tuned for the end to hear a very non-metal version of Nothing Else Matters. I do not oh, know what that version is. Goodness. But... I, I do not know what that version is. Um, 
that was back in the day when the episodes were solo and mm. every episode ended with a cover version of Metallica. I always gave credit, but I, I decided mm. to do away with it because one, I could not keep track of uh, what covers I had previously used because I never thought again, I'd be doing this for more than an episode. Mm. And two, once people started listening, I was like, I feel like even though I'm giving like these artists and creators free publicity, I felt bad, like not getting their permission. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I, do, do you have Metallica's permission? Though I mean, I know it's not the year 2000, but. Um, sure. Maybe if anything, <laughs> they should get your permission. Cause like you did it first. I mean, they are, I, you know, that's a good point because we got record numbers this year. Mm. No thanks to me. No thanks to me or I think, the work I know, put into this. Um, a decent amount of it all, to it all has to do with the Metallica podcast <laughs> launching mm. and people knowing how to use a search engine. And uh, so thank you for accidentally stumbling upon my podcast. Um, and did you ever listen to that Metallica podcast, by the way? Oh, I listened to all of it. I um, Okay. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a bit over-edited because yeah. the format would be like, hmm, here's Miley Cyrus, Miley Cyrus talking about Metallica. Dun, da, 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 da. I never thought I'd be recording this. Yeah. Way too many needle drops, but it was really good. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I I agree with you though. I felt like it would have been better if it was just like a normal yeah, podcast roundtable discussion like Totally. You know, uh and of course I know they want to get people outside the band and they should and but there's a way to present it I feel like we're out you know, like what you're saying is just like, whoa, oh, oh, oh. or every time being like Metallica lead guitarist, Kirk Hammett. It's like, I know who he is. Do you think I'm listening to this podcast if I do not know who Kirk Hammett is? <sighs> they often like needle drop the wrong song as well, which I find really fascinating. <laughs> anyway, um, I really did enjoy it. I say that with love. Yes. I it was it was good. I I've actually I think I still have a couple I need to listen to to be honest with you, but I mm. I've made my way through a good chunk of it and I enjoyed it and I will go back to it and I will finish it. But yes. this is the year where I have no time or very little time. I am like James Bond and Billy Eilish, you have no time to <laughs> die, die or again. live or yeah. just time exist to birth. in any uh in any capacity. capacity. Yeah. yeah. Um so that explains why the last few months, you know, I've had a uh, a little bit of an absence from the podcast. I've had a, a second child. So for those of you keeping track at home, I have a two-year-old and a three-month-old, um, plus a full-time day job, plus uh, my wife still keeps me around and wants me to be part of the family. I'm not sure why. But um, so, I, you know, it, I'm still trying to juggle everything and figure this out with the podcast. But I've had so many great people step up as my friends of misery, uh, including you. But your episode's not out yet. But Richard, mm. Richard, mm. this is all part 
of my master plan. Because not only is this the fourth anniversary of Metallicast, but we Correct. are one week away from the 40th anniversary shows of yes. Metallica in San Francisco. So Streaming I've live. Got, yeah, streaming live now on Amazon, which cushions the blow a little bit of not getting those <laughs> tickets and flight and hotel and everything, you know? Um, mm. I was so sad that I was not going, but again, hard to do, two-year-old, three-month-old. Mm. Hard to hard to make that leap, uh, especially a week before Christmas. But well, not hard for me. Hard for my wife for me to yeah. make that leap. <laughs> hard for her hypothetically in the alternate exactly. universe where you exactly. care more about Metallica than your children. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I say all that because this week your episode of My Friends of Misery is going to launch. You recorded. Ooh. A three-hour episode. Now, I told people, all the great guest hosts we've had, go as long as you want. Talk about whatever you want. Try to keep it, you know, at least 20 minutes, 30 minutes. You know, if you go 45 minutes, an hour, great, cool, whatever. Whatever you want to do. In classic Richard S.E. fashion, three hours and of course you're joined by the great chris keelick who i mean i knew was going to be long because mm. whenever i talk to you it's like a two-hour episode whenever i mm. talk to chris it's a two-hour episode yes. so when, i mean when, that's why we not all recorded one at the same time yet because it's going to be like a oh, we six have. hour episode we did oh shit we, we did, did yeah. <laughs> I mean that was start of January, so like I yeah we I did had to do refresh that. my memory. I had to scroll yeah down we did feed. do that. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I um, let me let me edit that out. Um. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to edit this. You have kids to get back to. You just hit upload. No, well that's that's the best thing about doing these live streams is that is yeah. that there is zero editing. I've already put it out into the world, so any mistakes I make, yeah, somebody's already heard it. So. Might as well let everybody hear it. Yeah, um, like the um, like the entire through the never broadcast that we did. <laughs> that was um, that, that you know what that was about. All right, well, well, one thing at a time. So, All my right. friends in misery is going yes. to the last one, the final one, the three hour cool. extravaganza with Richard S. C. Well, I say the final one, but let's be honest, yeah. the other ones yeah. down the road. You know, who knows? Mm. I, I I'm not a I cannot predict the future. It's the last one for now. Richard S.C., Chris Keelick, break down the blacklist that's going to be out this week, probably, I would say by Wednesday. Cool. I'll say by Wednesday. That way, it's out before the weekend of festivities. So if you're flying, driving, you have a three-hour show to listen to on top of this awesome live stream that we're about to do to celebrate Four years in, 40 years of Metallicast and Metallica, respectively. Now, you mentioned what, – what did you just mention that I was going to comment on? Richard, refresh my memory. Refresh well, my memory. Before that, I'll say uh, – so for this podcast, Chris and I talked about the Metallica Blacklist. We right. intentionally did not talk about every song uh, in order to save time. And we mm -hmm. went three hours, and we talked probably for 90 minutes like around that as well yeah. before and after so yeah hey, for the record for the record this is how 
busy I've been the last several months. <laughs> Richard reached out to me like in August or September. It was like, hey, like it would be cool to have you kind of as a guest on your own podcast for the episode that we record. Like record something, write something, like send a few thoughts, even if it's just a few words. I never did it. I never even contributed to my own <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I, you can add but, a prescript or a postscript. You know that's your right. That's that's true. And I'm planning on I'm planning on it. Okay. We're we're cool. gonna send out my friends of misery. The epic three hour finale. Um, you know we'll we'll do it right. Get it out to all of you on your way to San Francisco. Give you something to listen to. And uh, I I I'm not gonna say too much in case it does not happen. But you might have a regular episode of Metallicast, a third episode out for your for your travel home. I'm just gonna leave it out Very there. Good. Just gonna leave it out there. I have something scheduled for this week for recording. We'll see if it all happens, and uh, I I will say if it does happen, I'm not gonna say who my guest is, but it's gonna be one of the more quirky guests and subject matters um that we've had on metallica so hopefully it'll be an entertaining listen for you all as it always is well i appreciate that sir and this and this is why i always have richard on because he always makes me feel special <laughs> told myself was not gonna cry today <laughs> oh likewise before you richard i was just an invincible kid and now and now I am the. Uh, I feel like the Lou Reed. Lord of Summer. I I'm not sure. I'm the, the Lou what? Reed to Metallica. <laughs> yes. And out of all the Metallica podcasts, this is the Lulu of Metallica podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of more analogies, but. They're not going to get more relevant, so. <laughs> I was going to say, like, the peanut butter in your ice cream or something. I don't even know what that means. Well, the reason we're gathered here today, besides celebrate four years of Metallicast, is to just kind of do a year in review in a way. By the way, we have nothing planned. We're, we we just decided, we'll we'll wing it, we'll catch up. We'll see what happens, but the tentative plan here is that we'll do kind of a year in review of Metallica in the year 2021, and also because we're nearing the end of this year that existed. I'm not going to say great year or good year. I'm not. It was not a bad year. It was just a year that existed. Was, I, I hope it was objectively better than 2020. Yeah, I mean, I had a kid in it, so it's, it was objectively yeah. better for me. Good. <laughs> Good, but um, you know, it was it was a step in the right direction. Twenty twenty one was a step in the right direction, and hopefully, twenty twenty two is a couple more steps in the right direction rather than a couple steps back. But mm. it, but because we're nearing the end of this year, Rich and I are also going to discuss uh, a couple of our favorite albums from 2021 so i'm excited we've we've not discussed this at all so i'm excited to hear uh what richard has to say i have i have you know an assumption about what he's going to talk about at least for one of the albums um because he's been very vocal about it 
on mm. uh, social media. But Rich is always full of surprises. So uh, mm. he he might throw a curveball at me and then go write a 7,500-word essay for Red Bull about why it's the best album of 2021. Who knows? So that's, that's just how Richard S. He rolls. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> just for... I, I will make this comment. Sure. I am... Uh, to celebrate four years of Metallica, I have three drinks. <laughs> I have water. Oh, I've water. I have a beer. Nice. I have coffee and iced coffee. And because it is uh, the season of Christmas, and I'm in a festive mood. Can't you tell I'm in a festive mood? Ho, 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 bitch. I have some uh, eggnog with some Ooh. blackened whiskey. Ooh, very nice. So I'm just going to be rotating through those as we record. Beautiful. And uh, hopefully... I've, um... I've never tried eggnog before. What? I know it's polarizing. I've just like never been in a situation where it's been around, you know? I'm sorry. The podcast is over. We we have to dissect this. Everything I just said about what to expect is over. Um, I'm, I'm going to be in a Christmas situation where it's very likely to be there this year. So I will review and send thoughts. It, it I got to say, though, it depends on the eggnog. That's true. It is a, uh, you know, it. you got to get the right... It, uh, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I feel like I'm gonna type up a beginner's guide to eggnog for you. <laughs> Please do. And um, I here's my recommendation, right? Okay. And somebody in the comments can say, "Oh, this is the worst eggnog I've ever had." Go for it. Go for it. We'll have an eggnog debate right here. Um, I recommend Hood Eggnog. I'm assuming they have everything in Australia that you have that we have in America. Yeah. Because I'm, yeah. I'm a dumb American. Hood Eggnog. And then you put a little bit of cinnamon on it. Make it a little mm. special cinnamon treat. That's how us real metal guys roll, Richard. Eggnog hey. and cinnamon. So uh, Wikipedia describes... Yes. <laughs> Wikipedia describes eggnog as um, historically known as a milk punch or a holiday sludge. You ever heard that term? Holiday sludge? Holiday sludge? It yeah. sounds like a Christmas-themed doom metal band. Yeah. Dun, like, dun, yeah. Dun. I mean, Get literally, yeah. literally um, the Japanese drone metal, drone metal band Boris just put out a cover of Last Christmas by Wham. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like, last Christmas I gave you my heart. Wait, so is like the melody in the lyrics this like pretty true? It actually to the original? is the same. They play wow. it completely straight, just like wow, hella detuned. Wow, that is something I'll have to listen to after, yeah. like you know, my uh, third glass of eggnog. <laughs> um, is eggnog like a, a very metal drink? Do you think or not? No, I think it's not metal. Okay. I could be wrong. I, I think of it as like more 
uh, more Mariah Carey than Metallica. You know, I didn't say that. It's more "All I Want for Christmas Is You" than yeah. uh, "Battery." But you've heard hey, the um, you've heard the mashup of "All I Want for Christmas Is You" with the vocals of "For Whom the Bell Tolls," right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's you know, what you've done. You've put your blackened in it. Yes. You know, just what that that reminds me too. Like, just when you think the world does not need any more mashups. Something like that comes along. You're like, I stand corrected. I stand corrected. Uh, We got some people in the chat here. Some of our uh, regulars. Jordan has never had eggnog before. Jordan, get with the program, sir. Do not have any in San Francisco, though, Casey. It fills you up and gets you sick. Just wait till you're home, cozy at home. For the holidays, you have some eggnog, put some of your blackened in there. Maybe sprinkle a little cinnamon if you want to make it extra cozy for everybody that you just pass out under the Christmas tree. It's great. Ralph- some honey so you can have your eyes honey. <laughs> Ralph Savato says four shots of blackened. You need four shots. I... Uh... I need more blackened if I'm going to do four shots of blackened. I got to go to the store and get me another bottle. Uh, Punt, enjoyed the live show, friend. Right. I'm only here for the Mustaine impression. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not here to make impressions of Dave Mustaine. I've never done that over four years of Metallicast. I most definitely am not going to do it live to the world. Oh, it's been a while since I've done that. It's I feel like like this is like my purge. Like mm. letting letting this out after a month of build up. Oh, I'm not sure. I, I just hope I can turn it up. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Truly a- we are the sick, the dying, and the dead. Yeah. Well, when that album comes out, if that album ever, I'm not, is that even a real album? I, th- I felt like it was going to be out like forever ago. Yeah. Maybe because of the David Ellison thing, they deleted yeah. it. But maybe because of COVID, David Ellison, you know, man, who knows? But I feel like it should have been out a while ago. I feel like Miss Dane has been saying it's been done like a year mm. ago. Master the damn thing. Get it out. I want it here. It better be freaking good, too. I think it will be. I have faith. I I want to have faith. I just just do not want another, like, bland, by-the-numbers Megadeth album. Mm. I feel like every second album they do is, like, good, and every first is bad. (laughs) At least at the moment. I uh, I, I, I I just feel like it's been like a gradual downhill since the system has failed, which I think, in my personal opinion, was the last like Megadeth album that I really liked from start to finish. And then it just United United Abominations had some good stuff. And yeah, downhill, and it, it went up a little bit with Dystopia, but like that album did not really do too much for me. But it mm. it left me optimistic for like potential um so i guess i'll be optimistic i i want it i really want it to be a good album i feel like mm. uh you know there's been so many 
old school metal bands that have done great work in the last few years like yeah totally. whether it be hardwired or whether it be like the last couple of anthrax albums have been great if we're just mm. like sticking to the big four you know so i i feel like megadeth is like due for like just a banger of an album so i hope this is it um my wife says we are wait you guys are dave mustaine i'm not understanding <laughs> We are Davis Dane. We are Davis Dane. Um, you need to clarify that for me, Ralph. I'm not sure what that means. I mean, I know it's just a typo, but I Ralph did. Um, he did put me onto a really cool cover, which was one of those. Um, it's called Two Minutes to Late Night. That show on YouTube. Oh, yeah, they do yeah, all like yeah. the All Star Metal covers. Um, yeah. Some guys there, including someone from Mastodon, did a cover of Blackened, but all the slow parts are fast and all the fast parts are slow. <laughs> Does it work? Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. All right. I'm going to have to check it out. I've seen a couple of their stuff and it's been pretty good. Yeah. This one, the best yeah. so far. All right. I'm going to check it out then. Yeah. You heard it here first. Slow parts are fast. The fast parts are slow. Well, gosh darn it. Color me Blackened. We also, before we move on from Megadeth, let's not gloss over this cryptocurrency. Oh, no. um, <laughs> as soon as that was announced, Richard messaged me and was like, we're talking about this. And I was like, mm. yeah, there's no message necessary here. We're talking about this. Megadeth is releasing cryptocurrency. And I, I've i said this on Twitter. Punt, apparently we had the same joke. I see you in the chat still. Uh, how do you not call it cryptocurrency writings or crypto mm. writings cryptocurrency just... on the wall the beginning of the end wow. do they just not acknowledge that album anymore is that it they play songs I, from it they I need to acknowledge that album. that's one of my favorite megadeth albums mm. i think that album's brilliant it, it that album is like my uh like i feel like that's the album that Dave Mustaine always wanted to make in the nineties, you know, like mm. that was the album that he, all right. Now, now somebody's going to send me hate mail. Cause I'm going to knock countdown to extinction. Um, like countdown to extinction was aiming to be like this more crossover kind of crossover yeah. metal album. And it was, yeah. but the songs and the execution of it is just perfected with on cryptic writings, in my opinion. It's a far superior album from start to finish. It's a hot take. Like it is the metal parts. The metal parts are more metal. The pop parts are more pop, but it Mm. all works together in like this great metal pop blender of goodness. And uh, it's a really, I think it's one of their finest moments as a band. And I put it up there with, you know, dare I say top three Megadeth albums. What's the other one apart from Rust in Peace? Um, probably, probably Peace Cells. Yeah, fair. Probably Peace Cells. Um, yeah, I would say those are probably like the top three. But it, what's funny the, is that like I would rank yeah. Peace Cells up there more for like the first half of the album and the importance of that album. Yeah. It's not like an album I revisit a lot compared to Neither, like yeah. the rest of their catalog. Like I think 
it's funny because I think Peace Sells is a better album than So Far So Good So What, but I listen to So Far So Good So What more than I listen to Peace Sells, if that makes any kind of sense. Same, yeah. Couldn't I tell you why? Yeah. I think my... I have no clue. I think my top three is like, definitely Rust in Peace, System Has Failed, and then it's like a five-way tie or something. Yeah. System Has Failed is a great album too. Mm. Like I said, the last great one. And this is four years of Megadeth cast. Cryptocurrency on the wall of beginning of the end. Wow. So I'm currently trying to um, claim some free Megadeth coin right now. Because Wait, what is the name of it again? I, like the I actual know. name of it. It's called Dollar Mega. Dollar sign mega, or maybe smega, um, or as Punt said, smegma. Um, which, all right, uh, log in. I'm trying to work out if it's actually like real cryptocurrency or just like, like a gimmick, you know, fake cryptocurrency. Yeah. Punt Not that I would says, know the difference. Punt says mega with like a, well, it's a dollar sign in front yeah, of it. Yeah, that's M, it. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so it is real. Um, I don't know what the like monetary value of, of it is because I don't think you can like trade it and stuff. So I think all you can do is, oh, okay, you you put in money to, right. So it's like the more real, the, the more money that has been put into the mega dollar, I'm going to call it mega dollar, the more the value of it goes up, I think. Okay. But like I don't know what you can use it for. That's the thing. Like So is it kind of like a like digital stock? Like you yeah, invest I think, and then the more people invest, the higher, you know. I think it's the same as any cryptocurrency, except you are apparently able to use it for Megadeth website related things. Interesting. So it uh, it's not worth anything on the website. But it, it says if you hold at least ten mega dollars, you get ex- access to exclusive content, special tour access, Q and A's, blah blah blah, and supposedly special things coming up. So um, now, okay. serious question, serious question. Yes. What do you think is like their purpose of doing this? Like just like to get a headline out of it? Like, hey, we have cryptocurrency. Come check it out on our website and maybe buy something. I think it's just become like fashionable i don't know like probably mustaine's management was like hey do you want to do this and he went yeah yes i do because money rules the world oh we need cryptocurrency man yeah (laughs) pug says you can use it in the fan area unless the ai allows it to break out like skynet it'll be useless out of mustaine's world yes we're gonna have a little T2 Judgment Day action going on. Mm, what a movie. Um all right. So I I guess I guess part of it is I just need to educate myself more on cryptocurrency. And I'm looking at the platforms that they have, which is called Rally, and apparently it's like designed for creators to do their own like cryptos that are very like easy. And again, I don't know if it has any real worth, but yeah. Interesting. I mean, I got to think like 
if Metallica did a cryptocurrency, eh, I wouldn't care. Like, it, 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 I'm just not the. I guess I'm just not like the person for it. Like, it's not, no, not my thing, you know. Yeah. Jordan says he will use it. See, so I guess you know it's all. Uh, if if they were to do it, he would use it. I I I, I don't know. I, I guess I just need more of an initiative to like for it to be like a thing in my life. And Megadeth is not that thing. <laughs> uh, let alone the whole thing of you know whether or not you think like NFTs etc are a scam or yeah you know, just whatever. Yeah. I have nothing to contribute that I haven't already said. So I'm going to take a screenshot of this live stream and sell it as an NFT. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. It's our faces. Yeah. But like really like how how sad can we make our faces for the NFT? Oh. <laughs> uh. I need a good reason for it too, Jordan says, and for the band to acknowledge it. Yeah, I mean, we'll be, we'll see. You know, if it becomes an actual thing that it becomes like an industry standard, they'll def Metallica will definitely be, will definitely adopt it. I just, I, does it get to that point? I don't know. But how do you? I, I'm just going to go back to the original question. Okay. How do you pass up the opportunity to call it? like cryptic currency cryptic writings i mean oh mike says just got here let me guess talking about metallica actually for your information for the last 15 <laughs> minutes we've been talking about megadeth and the cryptocurrency so the joke is on you ralph says metallica needs metallabox or metallicash uh, yeah i i vote for metallicash because i feel like, like people will accidentally hit the t instead of the h and come to my podcast. Yes. So I'm a fan of Metallicash. That's a fact. Yes. Um, Richard. Hi. Hi. Let's talk yeah. the year in Metallica. 2021. Mm. The year in Metallica. Um, there's going to be a lot that uh, we leave out of this probably because... If I think back to almost a year ago in January, that feels like 10 years ago. Yeah. And uh, I'll be honest. I did not do any research for this live stream. Um, the purpose of this live stream was to get together. And as Richard said in our DMs, let's shoot the shit. So the shit is being shot. Hence the high quality of journalism discourse, yeah. and conversation that you're hearing right now. So um, I'm sure it, please write in the chat. If they're like your favorite Metallica moments from the year, I, and maybe some of it will be like, Oh yeah. Like I totally forgot that happened, especially if it was like the first part of the year. But I mean, the big things that have to stand out for Metallica in 2021 is in my opinion, the Black Album turning 30. Mm. That's like number one. And number two, their return and the industry's return to 
playing live. Hmm. Let's that start with the Black you... Album. Yeah. Uh, I I really loved the um the whole rollout. Like they knew it was a big deal. They treated it like it was a big deal, and I feel like the culture at large kind of did as well. Like even discounting the blacklist, it just felt like such an event. You know, yeah. like Metallica on Howard Stern on Late Night, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, the giant box set, which I have not purchased nor listened to yet. Um, I haven't even... Oh, yeah. that That's the thing, because, you know, again, the original album sounds so good that I'm like, why do I need to listen to a remaster? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean... So, two things to follow up on what you said. I, hmm. I think the the remaster... I feel like more than any of the four previous remasters, they treated this as like a proper album release where they mm. like went out, did press, did media. Um, Brandon had to choose between diapers in the box set. Sadly, we know what he chose. <laughs> <laughs> Metallic diapers. Um, listen, it's not my problem if the three month old is pooping in her pants. All I know is that she's doing it to holier than thou. I call mm. that a win for dad. Absolutely. So no more the crap falls at your butt again. <laughs> Haven't changed even... your diapers till jail a turn. <laughs> that wasn't even intentional, but that was well played. That's why I keep yeah. you around, Richard. That's why I mm. pay you the big bucks to come on here. So the big smegwa. <laughs> that's why i pay you exclusively in megadeth cryptocurrency <laughs> <laughs> you can now buy your own megadeth keychain on their online store congratulations cool. it only took you a hundred appearances over the last three years <laughs> <laughs> so Yes. I mean, yeah, but the, the, to me, they treated this almost as like a more proper release, like hitting up Howard Stern, doing mm. the, uh, they did Jimmy Kimmel, and I, th- I feel like they did one or two other late night things as well. Um, a lot of stuff like with Sirius XM, it, they were just, mm. you know, kind of really pushed it. And I think it's because, you know, the the first four albums are, these groundbreaking landmark metal albums, but the black album is a whole different beast. And you're not going to see this. My assumption is you're not going to see this for any remastered boxes that they do after this, like load. If they, I think they're going through all the albums. If they do Mm. load, um, you know, that was a huge selling album. It's not going to get, in my opinion, the same attention as this, because this is such a landmark album. This is like the classic album. If you're not, like a diehard Metallica fan. If you're not a diehard Metallica nerd, this is the Metallica album that you know and most likely own. Um, totally. It's just, you know, up there with Back in Black and uh, Appetite for Destruction and all these albums that just have transcended the band's catalog and the genre and everything. Um, you add into it the Blacklist. I, I think that was... When they announced this, this was the most that was the most interesting part of it for me because um like you said, Richard, a remastered the black album, I have no interest in. 
the, I don't think the, I can even tell and, the difference. And, and it, and I, it's I've not, trained ears yeah. for this stuff, so yeah. And it's not a knock against the remaster. It's a compliment to the original record. It, it's mm. perfect. It's perfectly produced, perfectly recorded. It's a perfect sounding record that people 30 years later are still trying to rip off. Um, people are still trying to capture like that drum sound, those guitar tones, the 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 it, it's just a perfect record um, from a production standpoint. Uh, Mike says hopefully they do a Saint Anger box set, but the box is a coffin and they just bury it. <laughs> now, now, Mike, now, now. If they do a box, a Saint Anger box set, it's going to be a red fist. It's going to go right up your tushy. I'm going to censor myself. I have kids now. Tushy. And I'm going to ignore the fact that I've already sworn on this live stream. But anyways, um, Jordan says the Guitar Hero mixes of Sandman, Nothing Else Matters, and The Unforgiven sound better than the remaster. Interesting. I will have to check out those mixes. But yeah, I I, I listened to the remaster, and I really, I personally did not notice a big difference, if really any difference. And I even went like back to back. Like I listened to the like OG Black album, and then the remastered Black album. And I was like, I feel like I just listened to the same exact experience. I had the same exact experience with both. Um, but yeah, I, I, the box set to me is worth it because you have all those hidden gems, like the demos, the live recordings. That's like the, that is like the bread and butter of it all. I think if you're a Metallica nerd, um, I don't think too many people are really going to uh, feel the need to like, have a remaster version of the of the 12 mm. songs in the black album and that's it but i i think the surrounding package with the uh you know the all the extras blacklist the promotional push for it it, it really cemented it as this is a force to be reckoned with this is a big deal this transcends us and the genre, especially when you look at the blacklist mm. and the list of artists that they've had. And we're not going to go into great detail about that because, like I said, you have a three-hour My Friends of Misery coming this week with Richard and Chris Keelick that they were nice enough to uh, to fill in for me and uh, record a uh, three-hour episode breaking down the blacklist. And I'm going to release that this week before... Some of you guys make your pilgrimage to San Francisco for the 40th shows. I'm hoping that you offer your thoughts on the blacklist too, because I don't know them. So, <laughs> well, I, I I will share my thoughts a little bit right now. Sure. Um, so, I, I for one, I was excited about this uh, idea. Like I said, I and I thought it when I looked at the um, when I looked at like the track list. I thought to myself, one, they need some more Nothing Else Matters. Um, there's not enough on the album. Two, uh, uh, I know I was I was I was happy to see that it was not like just metal bands and rock bands. Um, mm. No disrespect to a band like 
I'll just throw them out there like anthrax or um, like uh, a machine head or some, somebody like that. Like, I think it's important to include bands similar to that. Hence they have like Volbeat, they have Corey Taylor, they have ghost, you know, the, the heavy metal and rock should be represented on the album. But if all it was, was that like, you know what it's going to sound like for the most part. And you know that like, I can predict probably what an anthrax version of a Metallica cover is going to sound like, cause I've heard it before or, mm. you know, it, 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 I, I would much rather hear somebody outside the genre try to tackle it, whether they try to tackle it from like a metal standpoint or my preference in their own style and genre, like the, the weirder, the version, the more I appreciated it. Even if it's not something I would necessarily listen to a lot. Um, I found it, if I found it interesting, I appreciate it because it took me like, if I want to listen to a metal version of any of those songs, I'm just going to put in the blackout and listen to Metallica because nobody's mm. going to do those songs in that style better than them. I, I, I know you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to say your piece right now. <laughs> no, I'm not. I know. I know. Yeah. But there, um, I, I'll, I'll, some of the highlights for me, with that said, yeah. Ah, uh, where to start? I I was well. Ghost into Sandman. That version, the first time I heard it, it gave me goosebumps. Quite honestly, same. Um, yeah. I think it was brilliant. Uh, and and it, what's weird is that I even knew what to expect from that because they had covered it at the Polar Music Prize. If you yeah. seek it out on YouTube. Is a live version of them doing this. Um, and they pretty much, if memory serves me correctly, the recorded version is pretty much identical to the live arrangement that they did. Uh, but it, it's done in a way, it, it, it captures the Metallica version done in the ghost uh, style. It, it's just, it, it just worked. It just worked. Bottom line. Um, I actually really liked it. I know. Some of you listening are going to be like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I really liked the Miley Cyrus Nothing Else Matters cover. I think she did a killer job. And I I think just the fact when you look at the pedigree of artists involved in that speaks volumes about uh, how they transcended metal with this record, right? You have Alton John, you have Yo-Yo Ma, you have, mm. you know, Chad Smith, you have um, Robert Trujillo, who, you know, he... he somebody who would never be in Metallica, but he plays bass on this song, you know, it's just, um, uh, <laughs> but, and Miley Cyrus kills it. And when they performed mm. it on Howard Stern, I thought they did a great job. And, um, you know, it, I, I think that was really, really excellent. Um, the only ones I really did not like were the ones that took like the originals and just kind of did like a straight up sample of it. Yeah. I'm fine with sampling. I'm fine with, but you got to take the sample and like do something more creative with it. There were a couple tracks that were just like, this is just like the uh, original, except you like edited like the guitar solo where like the bridges normally, like it was just like, why, why am I listening to mm. this? But, um, but I appreciate that record. And again, it's not something that's like been in heavy rotation for me since this came out. But it's something that I 
I mean, I went through and listened to all those songs and uh, I was actually listening to a few of them today and I was like, yeah, some of these are like really interesting, and really good. Um, what's the one I listened to today it was Unforgiven by, oh, his name's escaping me. It's like uh, Moses vocals. Yes. Brilliant. Love it. Yeah. Love it. And but that's something you would never like expect to hear without that Ever, record yeah. existing, you know? Mm. Um Something like that is like what really gravitates me towards that album. And I think it was a success uh, in, in that standpoint. And I know you have, uh, well, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything about you. You got to listen to my friends of misery and get his and get Richard's point of view on it. That'll be out this week. But I've given yeah, my opinions a, uh, in detail twice. Uh, yeah, yeah. One of the podcasts and I ranked every blacklist cover for metal hammer. So if you've not read that, you're welcome to. <laughs> and yes, Jordan, the uh, Neptune's version of Wherever I May Roam, that was dead last for me. They just did not do anything with it. Um, let's see. Just catching up in the chat here. Jordan also writes, hopefully St. Anger will have the Presidio Studios recordings in the box. So see, that's my hope too, Jordan. If they, yeah. uh, they've, they have all those tapes from the Presidio sessions, They've never been released other than like a few clips that were featured in the Some Kind of Monster documentary. I would love to hear those songs. Like, is there a full recorded version of like Dead Kennedy Rolls or Temptation yeah, exactly. or all those songs that never saw the light of day? Like, I'd be fascinated to hear those. Pun says, uh, well, we have a few uh, best of highlights. Um, I'm trying to scroll up here because I know. Ralph wrote something about a. Sh- Can you see Ralph's comment there? I'm not able to scroll up. Ralph wrote something about a show that he was at. Ralph, write it again if you're still here, please. Uh, Pond says, for me, the biggest thing this year was the Metallica Masterclass. The mm. podcast was a bit of a disappointment. Tidbits and insights. This was chock full. My Met highlight of 2021. Have you seen the Masterclass at all, Richard? No, so- I... I would like to. Again, with Masterclass, I'm never entirely sure how much you like actually learn from them, but I mean, it's cool. So here is my uh, here's my two cents about it. Right, we so my mother in law got my wife and I a subscription to Masterclass last oh, nice. year for Christmas, and we kind of like sat on it, just did not have like a lot of time to really dive into yeah. a lot of things, and then just coincidentally, like a couple months before Metallica announced theirs, we started kind of getting more into it and checking out some of them. Um, and then when the Metallica one came out, I uh, asked my wife if she had any interest in watching it. And she was like, yeah, you know, she's, she likes Metallica. She's not like a nerd like me, but she likes them. And she's, but she's really in, like we both are really into like the process, like the creative process of putting together mm. something. Um, and she loves the masterclass. Uh, and uh you know it, it's a really fascinating look like sit down conversations about um you know their history as a band putting together some of their signature songs like sandman puppets one um mm-hmm. they talk about just you know dealing with egos and working together and how they basically have navigated all this stuff to make it for 40 years um and that was uh, – it, it was really, really good. And it ends with like a half-hour concert, too, that they recorded for um, the sessions, too. Uh, yeah, it was really well done. 
really well put together. So my thing is with Masterclass is you ask like how much do you actually learn? Yeah. So it, it's to me, it's like um, you know they they call themselves the teacher and they call the viewer the student in there, but the thing is they're all just telling you their story. Yeah. So like it's not like a lesson and to how to do anything. You don't actually learn how to do anything, in my opinion. Yeah. But what you can gather is insight into people who are doing it and who have done it into how they've accomplished things. So it, if, yeah. like, if you are, for example, we watched the Steve Martin one where he talks about like putting, like writing stand up and becoming a comedian. Now, if I was somebody who wanted to, who's an aspiring stand-up comedian, he probably says things that I could apply to what I'm already doing. And it was fat. It was interesting to me as my not doing that because I got to hear his story of how he did things, hmm. but it doesn't actually teach me. Like if I don't have like the, it's exactly, not going to yeah. teach me how to like become like a stand-up comedian. If that, yeah. if, if that makes sense, you know, yeah, like if you're already yeah. aspiring to do it and you're already kind of doing something, I feel like it can help you like kind of try new things or try this or that, like what works for them. But it's not going to make you be like, all right, I watched this and now I have a, a clear blueprint as to how I'm going to become a stand-up comedian or no, become yeah. a magician or become a cook or, you know, but it is a really interesting uh uh, view in my opinion pun says less about the learning more about the story itself exactly uh mm. the info and what was going on in each song that time in the lives that album etc amazing yeah it's it really is about like their story and uh and it is funny like seeing like the their personalities come through because you know like james and lars feel very comfortable they look very comfortable in the camera they're mm. you know talk kirk feels like very uncomfortable camera except when he's playing guitar <laughs> and robert's just sort of like like navigating his way through <laughs> finding mm. his spot you know <laughs> yeah um but yeah i i agree Pump. that was a highlight for me too see and that was one that i would have forgotten about um mm. that was that was a really good metallica moment for 2021 um and I'll I know, yeah. I know, Rich, I know, uh, Ralph. He mentioned one of the shows, but I cannot find his comment to find out. Oh, maybe this is it. Uh, he wrote first night at LTL Louisville because we were there. So yeah, the the all those um, all those big festivals that were supposed to happen last summer and fall are happening now this summer and fall and they're actually happening. So we're getting these two night sets from Metallica, two completely different sets. Um, so that's been cool. Like I said, I think the other highlight be be besides the 30th anniversary of the black album and everything that went around the, uh, went with it is, uh, you know, the return to the live stage. Hmm. I mean, I, I personally was not able to get tickets to any of the shows because of, my life being over because I have children now, but um, we, but it, it, it's so nice as a Metallica fan to know that they're out there to see the clips on YouTube, to hear, um, you know, the only other thing I could possibly want besides going to the shows myself is 
to hear new material live. I, mm. you know, um, but it, it, I, it, it, from all accounts and from what I've seen online and from, I know a lot of people have been hitting up these shows and they seem to just be killing it. And it's really nice to see, you know, them back together, back up there and have feel just looking good, looking healthy and sounding great. You know, it's funny because Metallica more than probably any other band I can think of, like tour off cycle a lot, which I think is really cool. Um, like, it's not like, you know, ACDC where they need to, you know, write an album and then get their right. ass on the road. But yeah. Metallica, like the almost always like in like touring shape, I guess. Or if they're not, they're like trying to get into it. Right. Yeah. And even with their, um, they did a number of club dates and beater dates. Mm. Um, the one that I was really bummed about was probably just like a month or two ago. They did one in Florida, I think in Orlando, and they had Trivium open up in like a like maybe five thousand seat uh, theater or like mm. seven thousand seat theater, and would have killed to have been there. But again, it was in Florida. Jordan says, what about the 40th anniversary weekend being a possible highlight? Of course. Yeah, it will it, be. It will be a highlight. And, um, you know, if we fast forward to next weekend where these shows are taking place. I mean, I, I'm let, Richard, let's make predictions of what to expect of these concerts in the chat, make predictions, what to expect in these concerts. I mean, are we going to get two completely different sets? Are we going to get like both nights? Are we going to get like a, a Metallica best of? Are we going to get a lot of deep cuts? Are we going to get something from I every so. album? Are we going to get any guests? Is COVID going to limit like special guests? Is what what do you think we can expect from these 40 shows? And what are you what do you think we can realistically expect from the 40 shows? And what do you want from the 40 shows as a fan? The thing is, it's hard to compete with the sheer spectacle of the 30th shows, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, I know I know that they were a long time ago in years, but like in Metallica years, it feels fairly recent. Yeah. Because since then, they've only put out um, Hardwired. We're like at the exact midpoint. Like, yeah. That's like the exact midpoint between those two anniversaries. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, the other thing is that SNM 2 also like really tick that box of like, being you know really special and hyped and having like guests and like quirky things so mm -hmm. yeah i don't know um i hope they just like cut loose and have fun for the yeah. most part just do whatever the fuck they want to do yeah i i that's sort of how i'm envisioning it is like looser shows and maybe you would get like if you had gone to one of the danny wimmer festivals right mm -hmm where it's very big show different sets both nights and it's kind of you're kind of getting like a best of you're getting the black album in its entirety in reverse one night and you mm -hmm. know you're getting all those classic cuts and i'm kind of anticipating this being more like loose not like jammy but not like as structured and tight i think you're gonna get some deep cuts mixed in you're still going to get like the Sandmans of the world, I think. Yeah. In the puppets and the ones and the nothing else matters, but maybe we get like a Dyer's Eve. 
Maybe oh we get like maybe they maybe they play one song off Lulu or play Minus Human from S and M or Ooh, you know yeah. play like a you know Slither off Reload or uh, Invincible Kid or I I don't they, I think they should tap I I would like to see them tap into every album for at least a couple songs mm. and play some of the hits play some of the fan favorites that they've not played in a while like play bleeding me mm. play like some of those load reload songs that are left off play like until it sleeps like some of those they've not played in years yeah those were massive hits old staples yeah and uh and then dig into some of those deep cuts that's what i would like to see I, i'm not expecting any really uh i'm not expecting much in the way of special guests this time around because i feel like the 30th show is really maxed out mm. like what they could do they i mean they had everybody from lou reed to mustaine to mcgovney to uh jason newstead to uh mm. you know bob uh, rock even danzig yeah. rob helford bob rock like mm. uh it was like a who's who and now i think since they've done that and now i think because with covid and it's just they want to keep probably a smaller tighter circle and you know, I'm sure there. I'm sure there's going to be some kind of test and vaccine requirements or whatever that sure. they expect for artists. And I, I'm not anticipating a big show out, if any, in that regard. But I am expecting yeah. two different set lists, uh, a, a retrospect of their careers, some classics that you're going to hear in every Metallica show, some old school hits that they've not pulled out in a while, and hopefully some deep cuts where you're just like, holy shit, they just played Dyer's Eve, or uh, they played Fixer. Never know. You never know. It's interesting because looking at, um, so they're playing the chat. <laughs> I, I, I swear, to, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I, uh. I swear I said Fixer before I even saw the chat. Jordan says, Fixer, please. Pump Row goes, play Fixer for fuck's sake. <laughs> I didn't even see you guys comment. See, people want Fixer. People want Fixer. They want another pin in them. Um, (laughs) So they're playing the Chase Center, which is Arena. And I think think this would be their first time doing a full live stream from an Arena, which is actually pretty cool. Like, I don't know a lot of bands, like, period, that have done that. So that'll be really cool. Yeah. I got a... What I'm wondering about the live stream. So first of all, I was ecstatic that they announced the live stream because I'm not going to be able to be there. So mm. for those of you who do not know, it's going to be on Amazon for free. So even if you're not an Amazon Prime member, you're still going to be able to watch the show for free. Uh, it's going to be streaming live. What I don't know, though, is like, is it going to be on live and then done? Because my only thing is this. It starts at... I'm an old man with kids now. It starts at 9 p.m., which is fine, except it's specific time. I'm on Eastern time. So that is, what, midnight my time. Three-hour difference, I think. Midnight my time. So which means it's going to be done at like 2.30 or 3 a.m. I'm not going to be able to stay up for that. (laughs) But if it stays on and I can watch it the next day, then... Midnight Eastern time, Jordan says. All right, there you go. Yeah. If it's starting at midnight, yeah, that's like, you know, my mm. kids are up at by six. Mm. <laughs> Look, I'm sure it'll stay up. If not, 
just hit me up. I have my sources for like everything. So I know where to acquire wink, said wink. things. Nudge, nudge. All yes. right. All right. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Or, you know, my wife's going to really wish that she let me go to San Francisco because she's going to be solo <laughs> parroting that weekend anyways because I'll be asleep during the day. Mm. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I'm hoping to check it out. I think it's going to be great. I'm jealous of everybody who gets to go, but I hope you guys all have fun. It's going to be a blast. And, and they're making a whole week of it, too. There's a whole bunch of things leading mm. up to it. Uh, Ross Elephant's doing a thing for his Black and White book. There's, like, a film festival but they're showing mm. like cutting stunts and cliff them all. And um, it, it, there's a whole bunch of things. Some are ticketed paid things. Some are free. Um, so it's going to be a really cool uh, long weekend of events for everybody going. Jordan's going to the film fest. There you go. Is that the, Jordan? Let me know in the chat. That's just like at a, uh, I think it's just at like a movie theater, right? Like at, at an AMC or something. Let me know. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a packed weekend. So I would say the return to the live stage, the 48 shows, the blackout, that, that, that pretty much sums up 2021. We had other cool things like masterclass. You had other things I'm forgetting. I was trying to remember. I'm like, wait, what was the all within my hands? Was that 2021 or was that still 2020? It all is like a nasty blur. With 20 maybe even 19 i don't even know yeah yeah so uh it, 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 i would say it was a good year for metallica hmm. it was it was nice to see them return to stage and uh, oh metallica black box too that's another cool moment that they just hmm. like they literally just announced where they're showing like pulling things out of the vaults and the archives and showing they have like new streams of um the uh uh, you know, old concerts have never been seen. And right now they're still black album heavy. So like the shows have been from like, you know, 92, 93. Um, I, I've not had a chance to actually check them out. Yeah, it's so busy, but I, they're going to keep this thing going. So I, I would definitely be checking them out when I can. Um, AMC Kabuki Jordan writes, which was originally a music venue Metallica. Play cool. Oh, that's cool. Very cool. I did not know that. The more, you know, Hmm. Um, here's a question. Yeah. What were some of your Metallicast highlights of this year? Cause I know oh, you've had a lot. Metallicast moments of this year. Um, that's a good question. So one of them was getting to talk to Rob Dietrich of black and whiskey. That was very mm. cool. Um, he was somebody that was, you know, on my list of, uh, people in the Metallica circle that I wanted on the show. So it was really cool to have him on. Um, let's see. I'm, I'm going all the way back now. I'm looking at the list of episodes because I've it's been a lot um, that I've uh, feel like I've left out. Oh, the Metallica live with uh, Brian Silver was great, where he got to go on video and show his Metallica collection. He's one of for those of you who do not know. He's like a world renowned Metallica collector. Um, he was recently just featured on like a show on Axis TV because of his Metallica collection. And he started uh, Metallographs. He's like a, he's like a recognized expert of Metallica autographs. And he started his own mm. basically, basically identification uh, company, Metallographs, check them out on social media. 
Um, and he made the announcement on Metallicast Live. So that was awesome. That was back in February. Um, it was cool. I did a couple um, solo episodes by your request, which I had not yeah. done in a while. So more, I did, more, more. I did uh, a Lars Was Right episode about uh, the whole DMCA, Napster, Twitch controversy, and people trying to clear up some confusion I think people had over uh what dmca was and all that stuff we did uh ooh, we uh, you know I, I we had ryan downey from speak and destroy on which was kind of the first metallica podcast crossover that i've done on metallica i was on metal up your podcast so i was on Alpha metallica but uh this was the first guest host that uh i i, I stand corrected clint was on like in year one of metallica but um, I, I I don't count year one of the podcast because I had no clue what I was doing and all the episodes <laughs> sounded horrible. But um, <laughs> but uh, but so that was cool to have like a Metallica crossover thing. Um, I think perhaps one of the coolest episodes though, and I'll end with this, uh, which was an episode I never planned on doing. It was just completely like stumbled upon happy accident was um the well we did a lulu episode richard what a time um, uh it was like a three hour episode on lulu and i said to myself the world does not need any more lulu except in my uh research for the episode and navigating all these message boards and facebook yes. groups um i was introduced to a man named Stuart herwood who was the right-hand man of Lou Reed. He was his, his guitar tech and basically like his music guru for the last 10 years of his life. Um, and he was with Lou Reed for the entire make and Metallic for the entire making of Lulu at HQ, able to just uh, go on and on uh, uh, story after story. And uh, whether you love that album, hate that album, indifferent about it, if you've not heard that album, if you've not heard that episode, I check out episode seventy-eight because it's uh, it's like ninety minutes of just story after story after story after story. And I think even if you hate the album, um, and I, I, you're not going to walk away liking the album, but I think you will walk away at least understanding more about the album and maybe in turn respect some of the decisions that were made. Jordan talking about Guitar Hero Metallica. That was a lot. Was that this year? Oh my god, we did a lot. Amazing, a lot this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was a fun one too. And you were the perfect person to have on because you know everything about Guitar Hero. And I realized as I was recording with you how little about it I know. <laughs> <laughs> that has inspired me to go pick up a copy, which I uh, have not done yet, but I will. I so like I said in that episode, I have my copy of Guitar Hero Metallica for Xbox 360. I have my Xbox 360. I don't have a guitar anymore, though. Mm. Don't have a Guitar Hero guitar or drums or mic or anything. Because when I moved from my last place, I said, ah, this takes up all the space. I'm never going to use it again. Do you know how many nights now I'm having like my family's in bed and I have like a half hour and I'm having like a beer and I'm like, I wish I could play Guitar Hero Metallica, Aww. but I have no guitar. Um, 
was the episode with the friend, can't remember his name, Metallica, who rode off until sleeps and basically everyone Metallica in a stream of consciousness that was this year. <laughs> oh, you're, you're talking about Eric Braverman. That was last year. Yeah, that was a trip. I, what a guy. I am, um, I would love, <laughs> love to do a live stream with Eric Braverman. Give him a live mic and just let him rip. Because whether you agree with what he says or not, it's going to be entertaining. It's going to be funny. There were so many times in that interview where I was like, it took, like, I felt like constantly my brain was trying to catch up to what he was saying because he was talking so fast. And then he was saying so many things. I'm like, I don't know right now if he's joking or if he's like serious or if he's like both. Um, It was an amazing effort to hold it together. Thank you, Punt. Um, that was a very interesting, entertaining episode. I'm pretty sure, like, on a subsequent episode, I cut, like, a wrestling promo on him, so. <laughs> mm. you, I believe you did. Yeah. Um, my only regret for 2021, uh, I don't mean to be talking so much about the podcast, but since you asked, um, and I realized as I was going through the list, I'm like, oh, I guess I have done a lot this year. Yeah. Um, the, my only regret for 2021 with this podcast is we did not do our April Fool's episode. Oh my um, god, we we were trying to plan something, but it. I have uh, I have a few thoughts planned for uh, next April Fools, which is guaranteed. No, you, don't. you don't have anything planned. We're not going to do anything next year. What are you talking about? Right. Hmm. Hmm. Um. We definitely have never done one before. We just really love Dave Mustaine's side projects, um, mm. especially ones called MD45. We mm. think it's just really excellent work. Um, this sounds strangely like brand new Metallica. Um, but yeah, but if I did do an April Fool's episode, mm. um, I can guarantee it would get me more one-star reviews. (laughs) Which was my favorite part of doing that episode was getting those bad iTunes reviews. I I always wondered, like, the type of person who actually takes the time to write a bad review about a podcast, especially, like, my podcast. Like, you have nothing better to do. But... Then, you know, to write it because you accuse me of being a, (laughs) because you're mad that I misled you over a joke. It was just too priceless. Anyways, enough about me, Richard. Um, I want to talk about some of our favorite albums of the year. Um, I figured we could at least bring a couple to the table, Hmm. metal or non-metal. Just a couple uh, albums that we found ourselves returning to the most this year, or we like the most for whatever reason. I'm going to let you start, Richard. Cool. Well, I'm going to do, let's say metal and metal adjacent, because no one wants to hear me talk about Adele on this podcast. Um, top three, maybe? Did we decide on three? Yeah, we can, can do, do top more. three. We can do top all three. All right. Um, all right. Top three metal and metal adjacent albums uh, from me. 
Um, number three is Torn Arteries by Carcass. This album fucking rips. Um, Carcass, like, a band I've always liked, but I feel like I'm clicking with them, like, more and more lately, just because there's, like, so much death metal around, and a lot of it is kind of old-school leaning, but nobody does it like Carcass. No one has that combination of, like, riffs and feel and that kind of rock and roll swing that really they do better than everyone. So um, that I think I liked Sean Arteries even more than um, Surgical Steel, which was a like reunion album from eight years ago. Because mm-hmm. this one felt a bit more like catchy to me while still retaining like all of the brutality. Um, I had a friend who called it like, you know, like dad death metal, which is right. kind of true. I mean, they are <laughs> of dad age. They've been around for a while, but for me, they still sound, you know, as vital as ever. And that's a pretty rare thing for, yeah, a death metal band that started in the 80s. So good on you all. I had no clue that Carcass even had a new album out, but I I literally just added it. So I'm on my phone right now adding it so I can check it out this week. So Um, how good is the album art? It's a great album. It's... Is it like vegetables as a heart? Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Um, I'm looking at the song titles too. Great song titles. My favorite is probably track three, Eleanor Rigor Mortis. Yeah. So if that doesn't make you want to listen, I don't know what will. Um, Punt says, yes, Braverman. Probably my favorite podcast of any type ever, Phenomenal Mad Men. Well, Punt, I'll, I'll try to get him back on. I'll, I'll reach out to him and see if he's willing to come back on maybe for one of these here live streams. Get him to uh, talk about Dave Mustaine. Yeah. I, well, I See, I would love to get him. We we got so much Metallica stories from him. And if he has more, mm. obviously, I want to hear them. But uh, I think it'd be fun to just hear him talk about like metal in general and like other bands and get his insight. Cause he's been around a lot of them. He's worked with Slayer and, um, uh, and the like pun says, I think it was the only person to click on it. Who was happy to listen to MD 45. <laughs> I was All looking right. up. Um, I-, I was just looking up like Eric Braverman podcast appearances and it's mostly yeah. you, but also the classic metal show titled, um, an episode with him, the rambling lunacy of Eric Braverman. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing I love about him is that when I love talking to him is that like, he like is like kind of crazy, but he knows it. Like he kind of is like embraces it, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and at the end of the day, you know, he was, he would say X, Y, and Z about Metallica but at the end of the day, when he finished the interview, he was like, you know, I love those guys and I owe them a lot. And, you know, it, it, I think it's just, I, I think there are feelings there and there's, it, you know, there's some, uh, some personal stuff going on, but I think some of it too is just in jest, just, you know. He he is the rowdy, ruddy piper of like <laughs> metal fans. <laughs> yes, and Yes, indeed. That's a perfect That's way exactly of saying it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, Carcass Torn Arteries, one of your favorite albums of 2021. Top three. Are your top? Is your top three in any specific order? Mine is not. It is. Yeah. Is okay. It is ascending. So, so that is number three. 
So what is your number two? Or should I give my number three? Should I put them in an order right now? Do you want to do this? Uh, uh, this is how planned we have it, folks. This is how professional we're being here on this live stream. I, I think you you go. Yeah. All right. So I'll make my number three. Mike, if you're still there, you're going to be happy with this choice. Sinjitsu by Iron Maiden. Ooh. Now, I... I'm an Iron Maiden fan. I have, you know, I with every every album they come out, I listen to. Um, very few of their albums in recent years have really stuck with me. Um, when they announced Sinjitsu and then show the album cover, I laughed at the ridiculousness of it all. Um, when I saw the track listing, I. Cor- almost correctly guessed how every song was going to sound. Um, but when I listened to it, I was surprised at how well it seemed put together. And I, I think it was, in my personal opinion, um, the best Iron Maiden album since their reunion. So, Ooh. like, since like the two, well, no, no let me. Let, Hold on, I didn't finish. The 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 best Iron Maiden album since the reunion is Brave New World, mm. the first one they came out with. Um, but their best album since Brave New World, I think, is Sinjitsu. And these are two, I think, very different sounding records. To me, Sinjitsu just takes everything they've been building on, but makes it for the last several years with like the longer, more progressive songs. Um but the songs are just tighter and I think they're better structured, better put together. And there is a little bit more variety in the songs than the last few releases. It was to kind of mix it up and be like, like even like the, the lead single they came out with the writing on the wall was like, was like, you know, great song. And it sounded exactly like Iron Maiden, but it also sounded like a, just kind of like a, straight up classic rock song that did not sound anything like Iron Maiden. Like not everything has that signature gallop and like uh, they were able to capture the classic sound without doing the same thing they've been doing over and over and over again, in my opinion. Um, And I kind of put it on expecting to be like, all right, I'll listen to this album once, maybe twice. And I'm sure I'll get the gist of it and kind of move on with my life as I have the last couple Iron Maiden records. Uh, but I found myself over like the first month kept on going back to it and back to it. And then songs that did not hit me the first time grew on me. And then I'd start listening to those songs and going back to the songs that did hit me at the first. It was, I so I think that was a really just solid album from theirs. And um, hmm. I've heard, I, I've read some mixed things about it. So I know there's people out there who will disagree with me, but I also know there's people out there who will agree with me. Um, it, I think it's a, I, I think it's their best album in years. Nice. I will uh, unfortunately neither agree nor disagree because I haven't gotten around to listening to it yet. Ah, um, yeah, I did really like the lead single. I actually pitched to write an article about it and then that didn't get picked up. So it was like, hmm, all right. So then you blackmailed the album. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I'll get around to it. I'm yeah. personally a huge fan of the Book of Souls though. I think that's like, up there in the top four probably ever for me. So 
Oh really? I'm but interested I, to yeah, You know up. what? I did like I did like the Book of Souls. That was one of their better releases in recent years. But I think for me, the Book of Souls was just even though it was a good album, it was such like a bloated album. Like it and that was sort of mm. the point of it. Like double yeah. album. The last song is like twenty minutes long. Like Love it was that, just yeah completely like balls to the wall ridiculous in the in in that regard and i like that and i respect it mm. but it's also not an album i'm going to like have on repeat yeah that's um, true but so to me an album like Jitsu, even though it has longer songs was just a little bit more concise for my liking mm. jordan says he thinks the new album's in the top three of the year for me if jordan says it it's got to be true so, mic drop. Mic drop. <laughs> and now neither of us have working mics. My fancy smancy mic that I spent a lot of money on is not working. So I'm I'm using I'll my laptop mic. So, but that's neither here nor there. You know. All right. Anyways, um, your number two. My number two is Dream Weapon by Genghis Tron. Now. These guys, uh, they're from Poughkeepsie. They, um, they, they used to be like a cyber grind band, I guess. They put out two albums in the 2000s that were both phenomenal. Um, and by cyber grind, like you, you would assume that they're like just grindcore with like a drum machine or something. But no, they were like always really artful and like really melodic and stuff. But they broke up for, yeah, 13 years and um, uh, came back with... A, a different sound like it's kind of like spacey math rock prog metal almost like really heavy ambient music if that makes sense just like things are like always moving and swirling around and they're like tapping riffs and stuff but it's yeah somehow dreamy and heavy at the same time like you can put it on in either setting which i find really fascinating so um like i never expected to get a reunion from them right but i'm yeah super happy that it's happened like in this form because yeah really really great it blew me away i think you sent me that album hmm. but i'm not i'm not sure i actually got around to listening to it so i'm going to look that up as well and add that into the mix for this coming week Jordan um, gives uh lord's solar power a shout out as his best album of the year i um I will admit I did not love it, but I need to give it another shot. Dream Weapon, you said? Yes. All right. Added it. I'm going to check it out. I'm noticing yeah. a trend here. It's like these old school bands here making uh, statements in 2021 with you, Richard. Yeah. Yeah. My, um, I mean, my honorable mention would have been Gajira's Fortitude, which is sort of that as well. Yeah. It's like I didn't like that album before that, but yeah, they've like finally reconnected with everything that makes them great, I think. Awesome. Hmm. My number two is uh I'm gonna it, it, it's not a band that uh probably a lot of people have heard of, but it is uh, a a band out of Germany that is my they've probably my favorite black metal band right now, anyways. Um their last album, uh, which I think came out in 2016, maybe, maybe 2017, 
is a masterpiece of a record. Um, the only reason this album is not higher is because it's only a couple weeks old and I'm still digesting it. Um, but it's good enough where I'm, I'm, I'll throw it into the number two slot. And that the band is called Dervang Einer Freiheit. The album, I'm going to say Nocturne, but it's German, so it's N-O-K-T-V-R-N. So I'm probably mispronouncing it, but I'll say Nocturne. Um, this album, in my opinion, is brilliant. Um, I think uh, when I first listened to it, I liked it. And the more I listened to it, I think from start to finish, even though there's songs on other albums that I like more than songs on this record, I think from start to finish, it might be my favorite Dervig record. Um, they take their, the, their black metal sound that I love, which is very atmospheric, filled with extreme dynamics where you have very quiet, brooding, mellow atmosphere, and then builds and builds and builds into these very intense blast beats. Uh, When you break down like the riffs and the melody, they're pretty simplistic. But when you break down the drumming which is very complex and the structure of the songs and the dynamics that it used it the technical from a technical standpoint the performances are amazing and that's where the complexity comes in is when you look kind of at the dynamics and the structure of it and the songs are just really really great um and definitely their most varied release to date there are two songs on the record that are not necessarily, they're not like groundbreaking songs, but you would not expect from a black metal band, I would say. Um, just a little bit mellower, a little bit catchier. Um, they're German, but there's more songs in English in this record um, than the previous records. It, it's just a really phenomenal release. If you have any, I, this is not an album I can recommend to everybody because it's not going to be for everybody. But if you are a fan of black metal, you're a fan of, especially if you're a fan of like more atmospheric black metal, you have to check out this record if you've not already. Dervink, Einer Freiheit, Nocturne. It's, uh, it's seven songs, about just under, just shy of 50 minutes. It's brilliant. I'm very excited to catch up with it. I remember you played some of them on your other podcast, the Corpse Paint podcast, mm. which is definitely an ongoing project. Ongoing project that has not been ongoing for months, but it will ongo at some point again. Yes, correct. Yeah, that's just how you operate. But yes. I'm really enjoying that, so I'll definitely catch up with this. It feels like there's a lot of black metal these days, and like sometimes it's hard to separate the merely good from the great. But yeah, there's when it's great, you know. Yeah, there's there's a lot out there, and my, I mean. Greg, who hosts the Courseway podcast with me, we are, we're always trading stuff back and forth. And we listen to so much of it that it's like, some of it is like, just does not stand out to you. It's just like, mm. uh, I, I think this is good, but I've heard it before. And then, oh, that's garbage. And that, uh, but also with black metal, 
death metal, there's like you kind of have to know like the history of it. I feel like to yeah like, appreciate it because you'll get something like really lo-fi that sounds like it was recorded in a basement with one mic and record straight to cassette. And it's like, well, that's because it was, and that was the point of it, you know? Yeah. Um, sometimes so, it rules, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. And uh, so it, it, some of it, you know, depends on your mood. Some of it depends on uh, this and that, but you know, there is like anything good, bad, ugly out there, but when it's really great, there's nothing better, man, than like just a really badass black metal record that I think pushes. And I, I think in the case of this one, it, it, it pushes the boundaries of that niche genre, yeah. which I, which would I you, like and appreciate. Would you say that black metal is your favorite metal subgenre? Um, uh, I would say along with thrash. Yeah. Cool. Thrash black metal. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I kind of, you know, Straight up death metal, I like, but um, the death metal I like is feeds more towards thrash and the black metal sides of things. True, um, yeah. And then, like, doom metal doesn't do much for me typically. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some that I like, but typically it's not really my thing. And more hardcore based stuff is typically not my thing. Uh, so, those two are definitely the ones I, I lean towards the most. Yeah, for me, I never know. Like, I would say, you know, prog metal and variations on that, but sometimes I don't know if I actually love the genre overall or I just love, like, five bands, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. Um, but there's always... The, it, I feel like when you're a fan of heavy music, there's always those bands that, like, grab your attention that you would not necessarily, like, listen to. Um, because, like, I, for me, for example, like, again... I'm not a big like doom metal guy, which it, which is funny because like I love Black Sabbath, who are kind of the mm. forefathers of doom metal, and but like you get some doom metal that's just like, all right, it's ten minutes, three chords. I'm yeah. not like I I'm just will never be high enough to appreciate oh. this, you know, um, and. Uh, but the more like Sabbathy type stuff, like a uh, 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 Green Lung and stuff, I, I I can dig. They actually have a new album out this year that was really cool too. And uh, uh, so like I dig that type of stuff. But it, it, there's, I feel like if you're a fan of heavy music, there's a band in every subgenre that yeah. you can get into. But it's just finding the right ones. Speaking of Doom, I just performed the song "Solitude" by Candlemass at karaoke last night. <laughs> Well, how did that go over? Was everybody like, what is this? Yeah, probably. It was me and my <laughs> friend Sam who, um, yeah, we, we trade metal songs. We did that in Rainbow in the Dark and um, uh, Freezing Moon. And I did Progenies Amazing. of the Great Apocalypse by Dumoulin. <laughs> Amazing. Love it. Your number one. My number one is uh it is sinner get ready by lingua ignota she is an artist from i don't know i don't even know where she's from but she made it in pennsylvania um and her previous stuff is kind of like i guess it leans more like death industrial elements of like doom and sludge um she makes a lot of 
a lot of her songs were written, you know, about uh, the perspective of like a sexual abuse survivor, um, like working through a lot of that stuff. Previous stuff has a lot of like harsh vocals and screaming, but she made an album this year that's kind of based around well, two, like two things. One, like Christian liturgical music and like choral stuff, mm-hmm. like medieval type but also like Appalachian folk. So you have like banjos and prepared pianos and things like that. But it's an album that at some points is very like loud and harsh, but generally in like a more acoustic way. And at other points is just like, you know, piano ballad and it's like the most moving thing you've ever heard. Um, So this album were, I mean, it's, to be honest, it's the album of the decade for me. Like, it's unlikely to be topped except by her. Wow. I think. Um, sometimes, yeah, you just hear an album, you just know. Mm. And like, I've only listened to it, I think, four, maybe five times since, just because it's such a like overwhelming sensory experience. Um, so, and also, also because I'm not constantly yeah. going and listening to this album where she screams, you know, take your sword and slit his throat. Um, God, I'm not asking you, I'm demanding of you to kill him. Just fucking mm. kill him, you know? Um, not every day listen. <laughs> well, it's funny because, you know, I, I've i heard the album. It's a brilliant album. Mm. Uh, I liked it. I probably have only listened to it. It's one of those albums that's like you, you listen to it once and you're like, I have to listen to this again because one listen, you can't really digest what's happening. Yeah. But I don't think I've listened to it more than twice. And for an album that I like, that's unusual. But like you said, it's such a heavy album that like I have to really feel like I I, I have to kind of like visit it and like go away and mm. uh, find like a time where I'm like in the right mood to go back to it. It's kind of like what we were... Um, I'm going to bring it back to Lulu, right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Like, like you, you experience that record, and you're like, you know what? I'm good for a couple of years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I, for one, for maybe more than one reason, but for an album like, uh, uh, like this Soon one, get it, ready. Yeah, yeah. You, you listen to it, and you're like, all right, I can, I can step away for a few months and try it again it is funny because i've turned on a few friends to it and they either get it or they don't but the ones who don't they're like oh well this is really scary (laughs) and i'm just like (laughs) oh welcome to my default state of existence you know yeah and sometimes there were just things where i'm just like i'm i'm on that level already so it's like nothing conveys me so have you heard her first couple albums i have not yet i'm uh building my way up to it because i know it'll be like really special it's like same with um it's like i'm a huge david lynch fan but there's still like one or two movies i haven't seen just because when i i know that when i do you know yeah it'll be like i really want to savor that experience so i became familiar with her when she released her second album so that was the first one i heard and then i went back yeah caligula first one yeah and uh like you both are similar experiences, but a little bit more 
metal based in the terms of like you get some heavier tones, some rougher yeah. vocals here or there, but it's really just like a purge, you know? Yeah. Um, and again, it's like I listened to it once and I'm like, that was great. And then you kind of like step away. <laughs> it's like not many albums I listen to, I'm like, that's great. I don't need to listen to it again right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and mm. then, um, but what I found with her most recent one, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts when you work your way through the few of them. But in my opinion, the most recent one seems a little bit more, um, uh, a little bit more varied. Yeah. A little bit more connected as like an overall like soundscape, so to speak, and as an album as a whole. So I'm interested to hear what you what what your views are once you work your way through it. I can definitely say that. Like knowing what I know about her like life story, you know, as an art student and also like a little bit about her personal life and how moving to Pennsylvania, like like rural Pennsylvania, like really affected her mindset with this album i can see how it all adds up you know right mm. jordan's saying it's either lord or iron maiden or the black album on repeat for the entire year or perhaps the blacklist lunar satan shout out to metal up your podcast first album is doom thrash metal but i love oh. that even though i don't like doom metal mm. so some cool. shout outs there for albums to check out uh my number one. So, <clears throat> a little history lesson. From Uncle Brandon. From Uncle Brandon. I was in college, and Danzig was coming to town. I went to college in Boston, Massachusetts. Danzig announced a club show with that was, you know, a hop, skip away. Um, Greg was my college roommate. He's the host, co-host of Course Bane Podcast. He's been on Metallicast a few times. Um, and uh, we both debated, do we actually want to go see Danzig? Well, we kind of want to see Mother. Maybe a couple other songs. We really, though, do not want to... Oh, I know like, where this is going. We do not want to spend like $30 and see him. So then... Uh, he announces, I'm going to do a half hour set of Misfits material with Doyle on guitar. Doyle Von Frankenstein, for those of you who do not know. And so we said, Misfits, we love the Misfits, we're going. So we go. And there's an opening act that comes out. And they are horrible. I could not tell you the name of the band, I forget. They were. I think we looked them up once. Yeah. And uh, we must have looked them up. And and they've already. I forgot about them. We looked them up and then I forgot about them again. That's how memorable they are. Then the second band comes out and the first band was so bad that I start making fun of the second band. And they look like they're like 12 years old. And I'm just like, oh, they're going to be great. Oh, I, can we get to Doyle and Dan Ziggeray? I want to hear the Misfits and blah, 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 blah. I was like that a-hole in the crowd. And, uh, Greg goes, listen, the guy's got a rust and peace patch on his vest. Let's give him a shot. Goes, all right, all right, let's give him a shot. They start playing. I look at Greg. I'm like, this band is freaking awesome. So 
I go back to my dorm room. I look them up online. I go, oh, they got a new album coming out in a couple weeks. The album, Ascendancy, the band, Trivium. I bought that album week one. I went around and told everybody who listens to metal, you need to buy this album. You need to love this band as much as I love this band. And I like went to every time they went around those first few years, I saw them on, I saw them live. I saw them. Uh, they came out the crusade. People hated it or were kind of indifferent about it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's a completely different record. Yes. It sounds like Metallica ripoff. My favorite band is Metallica. Bring it. Uh, I love it. Do I want every album to sound like that? No, but as a one-off, it was cool. Then they come out with Shogun. And Shogun is just like this. All right. If you if you did not like the Crusade, gotcha. Shogun pulls you back in. And a, a masterpiece of a metal album. Arguably, arguably even better than Ascendancy. Then things level out. They have some good albums, some great songs. In Waves, great song. Great song. Good album as a whole. Then things dip. And somewhere along the lines, I got older. Graduated from college. I'm working. Starting a family. The new new albums don't hit me the same way these days. Unless if it's like a, like a metallic album or something. And uh, I checked out all the albums when they came out. And a couple of them just lost me. Like I listened to them once and i was like i'm good i don't need to hear this album again and they just kind of lost me along the way a few years ago they come out with an album the sin in the sentence and i go wow this this is a solid album this is it's not a perfect album uh but it's a solid album it's the best that they've done in a while in my opinion then last year they come out with another album when the dead men, what the dead men say and superb record from start to finish, just excellence and hands down without a doubt, their best album since Shogun. Then they surprise release in 2021, a year after that album, another brand new full length record called In the Court of the Dragon. I listened to that album and holy shit. It is the best metal album, in my opinion, of 2021. It is top three best album in their catalog up there with Ascendancy and Shogun. This album is all killer, no filler from start to finish. The Songs are tight, they're catchy, they're heavy, they're progressive. The musicianship is phenomenal. When, you get, when you're listening to a song, you're like, I feel like I've heard this song from them before. Then all of a sudden, it flips and it brings you in a new direction. You're like, holy shit, I did not see that coming. What an amazing guitar harmony. What an amazing guitar solo. That's a cool breakdown. Whatever it is. In the Core of the Dragon by Trivium, my number one album of 2021. A pleasant pleasant surprise was not expecting this from them and it made me i feel like even though i liked the last couple albums this has made me like a trivium fan again 
and I'm like want this is the first album since like probably in waves where I'm like I want to see them live. I mm, want wow. I want to I want to hear these songs live. I um for me another one I've been mean to catch up with. I was blown away by the title track. To me, that's maybe my favorite thing they've ever done. Apart from maybe Shogun title track and the Crusade instrumental. Yeah. Um, I thought the video was really cool as well because they did like a nine minute video and I had no idea what any of it meant, but it was cool. (laughs) Just like some weird cult ritual or something. (laughs) Yeah, they were. So what's funny is, so sometimes when an album comes out and I'm like, wait, is this actually as good as I think it is? I go back to an album that I know is good by them to compare. And it had been a while since I've given Ascendancy and Shogun like a full listen. Mm. So after I lived with the sound for like a week or two, I went back and I re-listened to Shogun. And first of all, I was reminded of how damn good Shogun was. But in The Core of the Dragon, right up there with it. And I, I, I'm going to compare those two records because In the Court of the Dragon is like a spiritual successor to that record. It's like yeah. a spiritual sequel in a way. In fact, one or two of the tracks has its writing roots from those sessions, and they just never finished the song and recorded the song till oh. now. Um, so it, the, those albums are kind of like spirit animals in a way. Um, but yeah, it, 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 I, I will say this. If you're not a Trivium fan. I don't know this album makes you a Trivium fan. But if you are a Trivium fan, I think your mind's going to be blown. Even if, you, even if you've been sleeping on them for like a few years and they, you're kind of like me, they kind of lost you along the way. And uh, uh, trust me when I say, check this out. It's phenomenal. Even so, if you're not a fan, you have to admit the title track absolutely rips. So... And I don't think that's the best song of the album. I agree with Ooh. you. I don't think that's the best song of the album. I, I, it, it, like I said, as good as what the Dead Men Say was, there were some songs on there, especially like now that I've stepped away from it. I'm like, eh, I kind of feel like I don't need to. They could, they could cut those tracks. I, I'm not going to miss them. There's no filler on this album. Every, mm. every song, even the couple songs that I'm like, there was one song on the album where I'm like, uh, I like after listening to it once or twice, I'm like, eh, it's fine. Then I listened to it third time, fourth time, fifth time. And I found that was the first song I was going to. And now it's like my favorite song on the record. It's just one of those where it's like, they either immediately hit you. And the ones that don't immediately hit you, they're going to grow until they immediately hit you. Um, mm. It's a great record. I don't have enough good things to say about it. Excellent. Well, I'm end it there. I have three more albums to catch up with. As do I. I. I mean, well, I have two that I've two, not heard yeah. yet, and one that I I, I need to revisit. Um, mm. Pun says for me, it's Doctor Smoke, Dreamers, and the Dead, Bloody Fantastic, Twenty Twenty One, and Top Drawer for me. I'm not familiar with that record. Are you, Richard? No, I'm not. So that'll be one I'll check out. Uh, Jordan says saw Tribune when I saw Megadeth, and they were great. Yeah, they. Like I said, I have no. I, I I've I've seen them live tons of times, and I I reached a point where I'm like I don't need to see them again live. But now I'm at a point where I'm like they come around, I got to see them because I want to see these songs live. That's why I was so bummed when uh, they opened up for Metallica, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" It's like 
6,000 people or whatever see Metallica and then they're going to open up with this record. Um, but yeah, that is, uh, I'm looking up Dr. Smoke right now as uh, we record. They this. seem to be a stoner band. Dr. Smoke. Yeah. That makes sense. That's going to be like... <laughs> Punt, you little pothead. Or the album cover. If the if the band name didn't give it away, the album cover does. Um, all right, add it. I'll check it out this week too. All right, see this is what I I I personally love year endless. Same. Not because I uh, care what any of the albums are ranked, but because I'm always looking for things I haven't heard yet, and I like this is the time of year where I just keep on adding albums and like. Adding, deleting, adding, deleting, adding, re-listening, and I, I love this time of year. I, I, I discover so much new music like over the next month. Totally. Typically. Um, I think I do have an official list going up via Uprox because they do um a yearly like music critic poll. Oh, excellent. Which is always fun. So I've been invited to do that for the last three years, I think. So yeah, always really interesting to see what winds up like at the top and also if they have any like metal representation at all which i'm not sure but we will see we shall see i mean mm. uh there's very little metal representation out there right now where yeah I, I feel like metal as popular as it is is still like is being pushed farther underground it's just not what it was you know in terms of mainstream for one reason mm. or another but that's okay it could be our own little baby that we cuddle and hug and snug and kiss and smooch. <laughs> Which is what you're going to do after you sign off. <laughs> yes. Um, before we wrap this up, Richard, as a Metallica fan, what are you hoping for in 2022? I mean, is new album too obvious? It's not too. I mean, maybe it's too obvious, but that's. I mean, that's my dream. It, at least something. At least a new song before years end. Yeah, I, I don't get the sense that they'd be ready to put one out next year, like uh, a full album wise. Doesn't feel like the machine is fired up that much. I know. I. I, I agree with you. I, I. I wonder sometimes if like there's more done than they're admitting. And like maybe we'll like wake up one day and get one of those surprise album releases just because they've never done one before, you know. Yeah. Um, but I'm with you. I I think you know it, history has shown that they keep things pretty traditional when it comes to album releases. Um, and uh, I I think when one's coming, we'll know. I don't see it coming in 2022. But what yeah. I what I am hopeful for is that before the year's end, we have a new song and uh, an early, maybe 2023 release date for a new album. Um, I think maybe that's a little bit more feasible. Yeah. I think I would wish for an Australian tour, but I don't think that's going to happen next year. A lot of international acts are pulling out. um, I think for like insurance related reasons, because it's not like they can't do it here. Like we're able to and, we're arguably safer than the US. Um, but yeah, Hunt also says 
his low moment of 2021 is Faith No More canceling oh, yeah. their Aussie tour, which is, yeah, a shame. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I ha- I know a lot of people who've gotten tickets for shows over mm. the summer and fall, and, like, those shows have not happened. Sometimes, like, they're, like, they're at the venue, and the show gets canceled. Wow. That's uh, awful. So I, I I have it's I have not been to a concert in a while, but I got tickets to see Ghost, Volbeat, and Twin Temple in February, Ooh. and uh, I'm going to the New Jersey date. If anybody's listening, is going there, let me know. Uh, but uh, I'll be at this show. But my fear is that the show is not going to happen, or at least one of those bands mm. will not be part of it. Especially since there are at the foreign, travel as well. Yeah, yeah, travel and foreign members of both in both bands. I, I'm like I'm a little nervous that it's it might not actually might not actually happen. I feel like things are gonna get worse over the winter and February is like the dead of winter. <laughs> Have you managed to see any shows this year? Uh no. I, I the last like the last like actual concert i've been to like real concert like i bought a ticket for and like for a band i like wanted to see was like before covid um so there was uh i had tickets to a few shows like when covid hit and those shows obviously got canceled and never happened and then they never like got rescheduled and then uh this past summer is really when shows first started up yeah. and I wanted to, there were, there were some I wanted to go to, but you know, at that point we were eight, nine months pregnant. So that was not really a feasible plan. True. Um, and then the 40th anniversary shows happened. I said, honey, I'm going. And she said, honey, you have work and a two year old and a three month old. And that's going to cost a lot of money. And I said, honey, what if we just ignore all that for a moment? And I and she said, "Get out of this." No, she didn't say. She was she was very chill about it. But uh, hmm. we we decided that it was probably not the best thing to to do at this time. If it was one year later, one year later, maybe even six months later, hmm. we could probably. Uh, I I think I, I think I could have made it, but. Um, you know, it is what it is. I'll watch it on Amazon, and I'll be there for uh, years forty-five and fifty. I'm excited maybe, for may, you. Maybe with my kids. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I'm excited for both of us to see Metallica again. Um, yeah, because yeah, we had the Australian dates cancelled uh, from 2019 when James went to rehab. So yeah, right. And then COVID hit, and I'm not sure those dates are ever actually going to be realized now. Oh, no. Yeah. Like they're just, It'll be a whole new thing. Yeah. Uh, Punt says, Garage Inc. re-re-revisited. That room has been whirling for a while. would love it. Here they are going the mechanics on it, too. Um, listen, I'm all for that. I See, I think mm. something like that would be great, because that's something like if they put, if they took two three weeks one week maybe even they could pound out a covers album totally especially with hq they like you know it they 
it, that would be so fun. I think if you and there's been so many covers released too um, as B sides and compilations and stuff that um, you know some of them have been kind of compiles. Like if you got the deluxe edition of Hardwire, they put a few things on there. Yeah, that's um, right. But like you go back like, to the Ramones covers and stuff, like from the Saint Anger days, like all that stuff could be like one disc. Take all those covers, the Rainbow Medley. When a blind mm. man cries, put all that stuff on one disc. The remember tomorrow, all that stuff, and give us some new covers too. That'd be fascinating because nobody does covers better than them. And that, I think, that would be uh, a huge hit with Metallica fans. And I, I, like I said, I don't think it would take a lot of time for them to put together. I think that they mm. they could take a couple weeks out of their year and throw that together. Or just a new album. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. You know. But it's uh, not as if we aren't spoiled for Metallica material already, you know? Right. Being a fan of theirs is like almost a full-time job if you really want to. I know. Well, it's funny because it's like when you look at the gap between albums, you're like, how did we ever survive? But there's always something Mm. going on. You know, like yeah, totally. When you, when you think Hardwired was already in 2016, yeah, right, 2016, that's like a to me, we're we're about to be in 2022. That's like a whole other lifetime ago, mm. but it doesn't feel that long ago because of like the tour cycle, the benefit shows, the live streams, the the remasters, the box sets, the all like all the things that they're always. I feel like they're doing like they. I feel like they always have something in the works. Hmm. Um, and I think they always have something in the works too that like they don't that you wouldn't expect. So I, I'm I'm hoping for something maybe we would not expect in 2022 that would make for a fun podcast conversation. Like uh maybe they do like a Lulu two with Elton John. I don't know. I don't know. Yes, you never know. Please. Never say never. Never say never. I've tweeted about this, but I legit have an idea for like a stage adaptation of Lulu in part because like, if you go backwards, right, Lulu is an album adapted from a play that Lou Reed wrote, uh, which is based on films and several plays in the first place. So yeah, I just crazy idea, like at one of our like arts festivals to, you know, stage like a live band reinterpreting Lulu. Um, imagine like kind of Nick Cave style, but like female Love vocalists it. as well. Mm-hmm. And like modern dance and stuff. Um, and a lot of blood, like maybe metaphorically, but maybe like literally. <laughs> you know? All right. Now hear me out. Hear me out. Yeah. Yeah. Metallica and Tom Waits. Yep. Yep. Think like yeah. think like low man's lyric times a million. Mm. Triple album. Yeah. Think like pumping blood, but with like more trash cans. <laughs> yeah. And more like instead of like what people would describe as old man ramblings, like drunk old man ramblings. Mm. About like you know getting drunk in new Orleans and like, uh, oh, that would be so good. 
it'd be so bad and so good and so mysterious and so confusing and so it'd be an emotional roller coaster just like lulu all right well i i think we've made our predictions maybe a covers (laughs) album probably not a new album but maybe a new song before the year's end more Mm. shows and a lulu play adaptation and a uh tom waits metallica crossover album (laughs) if we get at least one of those things i'll be happy yes agreed agreed and there's something i'm trying to think there's nothing really immediate plans for 2022 do they have some new festival shows i don't know so maybe so maybe this is the i think there's some random dates but maybe this is the year they buckle down and start you know recording and writing and finalizing yeah i can see that Hmm. and hopefully if they get to that point they do something where they can chronicle it like online like they've done for the last couple lulu 2 with elton sounds awesome and his singing would please the ear not like cleaning it with barbed wire (laughs) metallica and tom they need to cover the weight yes down for that yes the weight. The weight. Now, oh, now hear me out. I, I, I don't. We're not going to ramble on about this for the next twenty minutes. I swear. Tom Waits and Dave Mustaine together duet. Mega weight. <laughs> um, they'll do uh, time parts one and two. <laughs> For the time. <laughs> Can't believe you've had a Tom Waits impression this whole time and never pulled it out. I love Tom Waits. I'm trying to think of the next line. For the time. <laughs> You are away. <laughs> oh, let me look up the lyrics. This is happening. I'm sorry, everybody who's still watching. I'm winding down. I'm growing tired. Seconds drift to the night. Logistics. You are my friend. Now I know I can tell you. I look forward to hearing that back. I'm uh, drumming on a mint box, which is not too far off from the record. Oh yeah. Um. All right. Last question before we sign off here. How much Megadeth cryptic writings currency is it going to cost me to get David Elfson back in that band? Mm, probably more than exists in the universe. <laughs> I need me some Elfson. Didn't he just do a solo album or something? Yeah, he's making like his he's making his comeback. He's doing a his he's like doing the press. He's he yeah. just did like a little side project band that came out with an album. 
Yeah. He's here. He's back. He's ready. Who knows what's happening? Yeah, he'll he'll be back with Megadeth. Give it five years. Five uh, years. I I feel like he won't because you think this is it? Didn't Mustaine say, you know, they only got back together as like a business thing, business partnership. So they like didn't maintain their friendship or at some point they kind of lost it. So I feel like yeah, without that. But, but, you know, maybe they get reacquainted or, 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 now hear me out. Maybe business goes down and they need to pick business back up bill says i have a question for you yes bring is it your is your question what the hell am i watching right now <laughs> type it in the chat bill i i will try my best to answer your question so will richard um yeah. and if there is no question types then this will be the most misleading part of the telecast live stream the whole world is waiting by whole worlds, I mean, you know, a few lucky few. Should we make predictions on what Bill's question is going to be? Uh, I feel like it won't be Megadeth related. You don't think it'll be Megadeth related? No. Do you think he's going to be confused why it's called Metallicast with the Metallica logo and we spend so much time talking about Megadeth? I think so. And Elton John and everybody bought Metallica. It is Amazon show for free next week. Yes, it is my yes. understanding that it is free. So even if you do not have a prime membership, you should be able to judging by what they said, you should be able to access the show and watch it in full for free. Punce's dynamic vocal range. Imagine Tom on killing is my business. Be my drive shaft crank. That would be like an old school, like Tom Waits lyric. I feel like when he was just like uh, basically scatting his way through uh, some like cafe <laughs> beatnik jazz. Except he would say it with like more eloquence than Dave Mustaine does. Oh, Dave! Here's my here's my uh, here's my goal for 2022. Ignore everything I've said. Ignore every impression I've made in interview Dave Mustaine. That's my goal. Absolutely. I believe it. I mean I you might have to rename the podcast, but I don't know temporarily. if I don't know if I would be able to do it and ask Metallica questions, but yeah. I think I could do it at least without Metallica questions. Yeah, um, totally. What nights are they playing? Friday night and Sunday night, baby. Woo! So what's that? The 17th and 19th. 9 p.m. Pacific time, I believe the show start. A.K.A. past my bedtime. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to call James and Lars and tell them they got to move up the show a few hours. That should they kind of do. Yeah. Yeah, that should work. Or, or now, Richard, I know you're going to approve this. We just abolish time zones. Ooh, absolutely. That's the dream. I mean, it wouldn't make the show earlier, but it'd make it easier to uh, to yeah. understand when it is taking place. Yeah, then we would at least all be, we either every single person would be up way too late, or 
we'd all be, you know, the, we'd all be in the same boat. Is what I'm saying. We'd all be Absolutely. And it makes scheduling this podcast with guests a lot easier. Just saying. I wish they yeah, come to really my hometown. Would. Me too, Bill. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Now I'm angry. Now I'm angry. I'm not angry. Seen them 17 times. Bill, when is the first time you've seen them? Let's let's hear about your first Metallica show. Richard is still not seeing them. Is that correct? Oh no, I saw them in uh oh uh I think it was twenty yeah, it would have been twenty ten. Twenty ten. Yeah, World Magnetic. And you were on sure. track to seeing them and then they canceled. Yeah. Uh, uh, mm. Mental health, physical health. Oh, yada, yada, mm. yada. Oh, COVID. Oh, look at all these excuses they come up with. Unbelievable. Don't they know Richard's waiting to see them live? Gosh darn it. That's the real way. with Cliff in Davenport, Iowa. Awesome. Incredible. Awesome. Very envious. Yes. If I could go back in time, it would be to see them with Cliff Burden. But I was one when he passed away. So mm. I uh, was not a I was negative four. You were negative four. Yeah. Because I'm so old. <laughs> in this like podcast, it's like you're so de-aging. Old. I'm de-aging? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you, sir. The only thing that's getting old... Is this podcast four years? It's still as mediocre as ever. We are. <laughs> so, my question for myself is, and something I got to figure out: the future of Metallicast. What does twenty twenty two hold for Metallicast, guys? I think I'm going to retire. Or, I think we're going to keep making shows. I think I'm going to look into merchandise. I'm going to say all this live on air so I can hold myself accountable. I think I'm going to look into maybe a Patreon. I'm going to look into how to do more of this. Yes. We're going to look into... How to do more live streams that are shorter in length. <laughs> Maybe you need to get me to moderate. <laughs> Wait, although that didn't all, really... Yeah. All I know okay. is that Metallicast will be back for year five. I'm looking yes. forward to it. Um, I, I've, it I unexpectedly did this... Uh, live stream last month with Beatallica. Um, mm. I was not planning on doing anything until this live stream for my four year anniversary. Um, but uh Beatallica reached out, new album coming out, had to say yes. Love those guys. Uh so I hope you were able to tune in and enjoy that. That was like my return to the podcast stage. Mm. Like I said, this week we have a one more my Friends of Misery coming out with Richard S.C. and Chris Gielek. A three-hour episode breaking down the blacklist that will uh, should hold you guys over for you if you, if you have a long trip to San Francisco, see Metallica and the 40th anniversary shows. I am also scheduled, fingers crossed, everything goes as planned, to record uh, a regular 
episode of Metallica. It's not a live stream, not on my friends in misery that I'm not involved in. An actual podcast episode, which would be my first since like August because of this little paternity leave I took. Um, so uh, uh, be on the lookout for that in the next uh, week or two as well. So a few things Metallica is coming your way to end 2021. I'm going to work out a, a schedule for myself for 2022. I don't think I'll be jumping right back into weekly episodes, but I'm thinking right now maybe a couple things a month, like a monthly live stream and a monthly episode and do a couple things a month and then ease back into uh, hopefully doing this once a week. Hoping to keep on growing. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And on that note, Richard? Metal up your ass. Yeah! Fans not experts.